It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners looking to buy items online go to crauctions.com all you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today crauctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold if you are looking to buy something we can help with that too just go to crauctions.com search our inventory and place your bid plus there are online auctions for farm machinery firearms automobiles and truckloads of overstocked items it's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out crauctions.com today. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hey, everybody, it's time for episode 264 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. At Memorial, you can check out children's swimming lessons. They're now underway. Get in line for the next available lessons for your kids or even adults. Included in your membership, use of locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, everything there is just top-notch, first class. By the way, since we're talking about Memorial, fellas, uh, this is National Nurses Week and National Hospital Week. So, got to send a big salute out there to all the nurses and uh, all the hospitals, especially Memorial. They do a great job up there. Uh, you know, we're tied into the Wellness Center, but it's just a, a real gem and the top employer in our area. And uh, the nurses, the doctors, the staff, they're all, they're all top-notch. So, a salute to them. And by the way, coming up on May 10th, a big flower sale. You know, Mother's Day is coming up, Jared. Don't forget. Uh, flower sale 10 to 2 on May 10th up at Memorial. Also, our partners include SkyMint Cannabis Farm to Stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan. Check out the Michigan's Best Bundles. Deals on flower, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Again, still blows my mind. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Gift cards are available for more details. And if you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Sign up for the rewards program. We also want to thank our local friends, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, CR Auctions, Michigan's leader in online auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, serving our area since 1880, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the patio now open, and they have some new items also on the menu and success group mortgage and servicing. Well, uh, let's catch up a little bit. I got a couple things just to jump out of the gates last uh, Friday. You know, speaking of Nurses Week here in Michigan, Jared, your cousin, uh, Jenny, we yep. went up to uh, Petoskey and she graduated with a nursing degree from North Central Michigan College. Uh, it was a great affair, you know, a neat family thing. We surprised her, you know, we came up and she's my goddaughter. So I, I felt like, you know, let's just 
take 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 a ride in the car, hop up there. And her uh, the special guest speaker was U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. So hmm. all in all, it was a great night. That's cool. Yeah, uh, Petoskey is not not to change. Congrats to your cousin. Congrats to Jenny on um, graduating. That's really cool. I was just going to mention Petoskey is such a unique little town. It's one of those Northern Michigan towns that, you know, a lot of people, they don't travel in Michigan. They've never been to Michigan, you know, whatever. But Petoskey is one of those that it's always like, if you're going to go to Michigan, I would recommend go up North like you just did and head up and check out Petoskey. Very cool area. The whole, the whole area. It's, it's incredible. Ted, I mean, one thing, I guess, congrats to Jenny, obviously. Um, I I don't remember you showed up at my graduation. Um, (laughs) But I will say you covered yourself because you said that it's because it's your granddaughter. So that's fair. Goddaughter. 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 Yes. So that's fair. So that explains why you maybe weren't there, uh, you know, when I crossed the stage. To be honest, I never I never even went to graduation. It just kind of the day kind of came and went. I never even got the cap and gown. I never did any of that stuff. It, and I just kind of I kind of moved on with my life. Where. Matt, what did you do on your graduation? I, I feel like it's kind of surprising we've never seen the graduation pictures. It seems like we see a lot of your throwbacks, but not the I, I bet he walked. I'm just going to say I, right now, he walked. I walked, yep. And, um, I, yeah, I don't know. The pictures are out there somewhere um, of graduation day because it was a big weekend. Like, my family all we came, came to Grand Rapids, and we all went out afterwards yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. It's just it's so much different, especially coming from – you know, Corona, where when you graduate high school, you literally know everyone graduating, but then you go to a college graduation and unless you like meet up with a couple friends or something like that, so you can be in a group, you're just amongst hundreds of people that you don't even know who these people are. So your family is sitting up there for, it's it's like being at a dance recital, Ted. I don't know if you ever had to do dance recitals back in the day. I got one coming up Saturday. Yeah, you're sitting there waiting for hours and hours and hours for that one little, you know, waiting for your one kid to get his name called. And then you got to sit there for a couple. So college graduations, that's cool that you went maybe if there was a little smaller of a ceremony. But yeah, I I mean, it it was a cool thing for me to do, but you didn't miss much by not going, Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. And I did go to your high school graduation, by the way. Uh, but it was cool. And, uh, you know, this was a double dose of graduation stuff, too, because the nurses, they have this thing called a pinning ceremony where, you know, they get their nursing pin. And this is before the actual graduation. So we went to the pinning, had hors d'oeuvres and refreshments, and then went back to, you know, the graduation. And like you said, it's all good. I mean, seeing Debbie stabbing out, that was fun. You know, that was OK. She gave a nice speech, but sitting through, you know, 250 graduates just waiting for the the goddaughter yeah. it's a little long but well deserved for snooze her. a little bit a little bit a little bit <laughs> by the yeah. way I, I also was going to say that this weekend we uh you know we, any of our regular listeners know my dad passed away a while back and we uh the five siblings his five kids we had it set on our calendar to get together at his house this last sunday and kind of you know go through the house uh pick out things that that we wanted you know I don't think we're going to go through any kind of auction or any kind of estate sale. We just divided things up by the five of us, but uh, it, it was very comical. And it's funny. We're a, we're a pretty close family and we prove that again, because sometimes families fighting over different things, it can cause quite a riff, you know, but we had ground rules set up that like, let's say there was something that's worth a couple thousand bucks. 
and all five of us wanted it right so we had already already discussed already agreed upon that we had five different color poker chips all five would go into uh, the hat and one lucky poker chip would be pulled out and i must say for the most part jared's dad john he had the luck he should have went up to soaring eagle immediately afterwards because he did all right <laughs> I, I wish i could have been a fly on the wall for the, these proceedings <laughs> are you guys walking throughout this house with poker chips i mean maybe we could have came up with a, a, a better way to do it but if you guys got through it without any arguments then then that's fine but was there there was no small part of you that was you know kind of swearing under your breath as all these high ticket items were going elsewhere and not not to your pocket nah not really not really i mean there was one thing i kind of wanted and i did a little sales pitch in advance but it didn't they they wouldn't buy anything with that so i just shrugged my shoulders and said, all right yeah we already agreed to this so let's move on I feel like that is a, especially with five siblings, you know, it's okay. not like it's like two where, you, you know, you're splitting it up between you and someone else. Five people basically make it luck of the draw, you know, except for maybe a few bigger ticket items or something like that. But that's, a, I think that's a fair way to do it. You know, it, there's, it really wasn't bad. I mean, I think we could have tweaked it a little bit. Uh, maybe put a va- you know, all the higher value stuff, maybe, <laughs> maybe make it a little bit more fair possibly i don't know but i think yeah. i think it worked wait out well okay. isn't it, isn't it okay. well isn't it fair i mean you guys it's just it's just true chance that's that, right uh, that's right you're a gambler you're probably loving it as the drawing was starting and then as the as the items kept going elsewhere you that's when you said eh, maybe we should rethink this whole strategy is that what well happened? and to put all the facts on the table too yeah your dad did all right but i don't have any complaints i have no complaints now yeah. i think i think if anybody got the short straw it might have been your uncle george but <laughs> that's the way it goes you mentioned earlier that you got a grandfather clock i feel like it in it's kind of been earmarked for you for a while yeah i feel like every family whether it's an an aunt or an uncle grandparents you know someone has that clock a grandfather mm-hmm. clock or something yep. that you know is going to be passed down to some grand grandchild or you know something like that cuz there, there's something i don't do people I'm sure there are new clocks that people get made or buy now, but it always, it seems like it's all the old ones from, you know, the twenties, thirties, forties or whatever that are, are the big, big things that people want to pass down the, the mm-hmm. old grandfather clocks. They're just so cool. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, now, you know, what's funny about that clock is I'm probably going to get real familiar with it when I help move it to his uh, house <laughs> in, in a few weeks here. <laughs> I mean, is that, I mean, am I lying or is that probably what the, where that's heading is? No, no, no. That was already, we already took that. That's already, it's at my house, man. And in fact, speaking of that today, I had, uh, you know, my good friend, Charlie, he, he has a trailer. So all the stuff that I won in the auction, we went and picked it up today. So pretty much everything that had my uh, yellow sticky note on is gone. Nice. (laughs) Wow. So anyway, that's what I had going on. How about you guys? Anything this last week of any note? staying busy with, with work and everything. I mean, right now, spring sports, as we know, with the prep spotlight, we always talk about, but you know, college baseball, college softball is starting to wind down. So it's been crazy busy, but we were walking around our neighborhood the other, you know, like a couple days ago. And usually we thought that our neighborhood pool didn't open until Memorial day weekend pool was already open. And my daughter was like going crazy. It was, it was getting close. It was like in the evenings we were like, no, we're not going to get our swimsuits on right now. <laughs> but we're like, wow, it, it it's almost like this season snuck up on us a little bit. Like it's already, 
we got to start getting her swimsuits out and getting in the pool because well, she she's ready. She she wants to go right now. She wants to go swimming you, right now. So here's way when you realize that you're you're at least when you live in a shitty apartment like I do. <laughs> I this is when I realized summer was officially here. Fell asleep like probably two three nights ago. The the night before it got super duper hot. Literally woke up and went and like was like drenched in sweat. Like <laughs> it felt like I had just like woken up from like a hangover or something. That's like how it felt. <laughs> drenched in sweat felt disgusting got up i'm like dude it's so hot in here what is going on it's so hot get up and check my thermostat it's at 86 degrees <laughs> i didn't like i was leaving it off because the last like month or whatever like it wouldn't change it maybe go up a couple degrees over the course of the night so i just leave it off save myself some dough but yeah when this heat wave finally came and it seems to be here to stay uh it mm-hmm. really was a rough rude awakening at about 3 a.m to the point i had to go take a shower <laughs> like gross i couldn't go back to sleep so where yeah, he was there's... leading into that man i thought he was gonna say he was drenched in sweat and he went and jumped out into the pool there at the apartment complex right. <laughs> no i mean no doing what's funny is i i did used to do that for whatever reason growing up we would never turn our air on never right. would turn our air on so it'd be like you'd be sleeping and like 80 degrees out and so <laughs> so like there would be times where like literally i was in such pure hell i'd have to run outside at like 3 a.m and jump in my pool to the point my dad thought there was an intruder one time because i did it like imagine you're sleeping windows open all of a sudden you hear a big cannonball in your pool splash so yeah it's no I, i'm accustomed to the heat but uh what does your does your daughter love like swimming where like she just could stay in a, a pool all day oh yeah she she's at that age where she whether we're at the beach pool you know wherever she'd be in the water all day and that's what my wife and I were saying, we're like, the water might still be a little chilly right now, but kids, they don't care. They don't care. They'll be, their lips will be all blue sitting there chattering because they're yep. frozen and they still want to be in the water. So yeah, we're, we're saying this weekend, we're going to make it down there and, and, and get in. But it's funny you mentioned about the the air conditioning growing up that your, your parents or whatever wouldn't turn it on. So we, where I grew up out in the country, you know, in Owasso, we didn't have air conditioning. We just had a bunch of windows That's and cool. you hope you hope that there was a breeze because there would be some of those, you know, July, August, super sticky nights that we're all just sitting there. We've got like nine fans blowing around and we're just like uh, sweating, yeah. sleeping, just basically in your underwear because it's so hot. Like, so at least you had the air conditioning. Yeah, right? I, I, we had it. We, it. It was Matt, to be honest, it's almost worse what I had. We had it. But it might as well not have had it because it ain't going to turn on. So it's like you're just it's like the mirage and you're in the desert, like there's water, but then you get to it and, and it's it's there's nothing there. So yeah. to be honest, you might have had it better. Yeah. Wow. Well, we are going through a good stretch of weather here. I think today was like low 70s. The next couple of days going to be sunny in 70s. I had the boat out earlier today. So nice. uh, it's all good, man. The weather has broke for sure. Uh, by the way, before we uh, talk a little tiger baseball, uh, some things have been making their way on the internet about ALS. And, you know, you guys know how ALS means to me. My best friend, Chris passed away from it. It's a horrendous disease, you know, two years of seeing, you know, somebody that was vital and strong and, you know, just kind of disintegrate. It's just a, it's a horrible disease. And again, trying to get more awareness out there. Dan Orlovsky was on uh, get up with Greenberg, I guess yesterday or the day before, and they got a new little thing to get more money going towards ALS. It's called fist bump for ALS. And you're supposed to send it, I think via social media, aren't you to three different people. It works out perfect here with the three of us, yep. right? Let's do it right now. Fist bump boys. 
And and like I said, you know, <laughs> ALS awareness is is great. It's yeah, you like how I couldn't find the middle of the screen. <laughs> but ALS awareness is great. But what we really need to do, and I'll just get on my soapbox for one minute. You got we got to just hammer the politicians out there and and research people and and we just got to you know there's been tons of money for research but it, it, there's been no cure you know and, and and like I posted on Twitter you know we came to a very quick vaccine with COVID you know the, all the scientists jumped together said hey we got we got to put an end to this epidemic pandemic and then the same thing ever since. Magic Johnson came public with HIV. People before that, it was a death sentence. I mean, you you right. you got HIV, you were you were done for. And the doctors, the scientists all came together, whatever kind of uh, pills he's taken. And I don't think it's like what they originally started out with, where you'd have to take like a whole fistful of pills a day just to keep it away. Right. But they've they've modified things. They've I won't say they've come up with a cure, but they've come up with the fact that you can live the rest of your life, you know, with yeah. HIV and not get full blown, full blown AIDS. So really when you think about how long ALS has been out there, I mean, it's been around forever, but really mm -hmm. became public with Lou Gehrig and major league baseball. Finally, a couple of years ago, decided to jump in in a big way and have Lou Gehrig ALS day. And I think it's June 2nd, every year it's celebrated. And, uh, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta push right. hard to see if we can get a cure for it. That's the last thing I got to say on it. It does seem like it's something that, you know, the amount of money that's being donated to the research and, you know, the geniuses and all the, the labs and everything that's donating their time and efforts to it, it sure seems like it'd be something that they can come up with a treatment, maybe not a cure, like you right. said, maybe not a cure, but something that is more manageable for people who end up getting it. But it sure is sad when you hear about the numbers and the amount of people that get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to see what they have to go through, because, you know, yeah. it, famously, Mitch Album wrote the book Tuesdays with Maury, you know, and it was his documenting going to visit his old college professor every Tuesday as he's he went through the different stages of ALS. And that book is true to what it really is like the majority of the time. You're just gradually your physic physicality just goes away, but your mind is still there, you know, and that's, it's probably the most horrendous disease to yeah, me. It really, to think yeah. about getting. No, it, I agree. That's, that's what, that's my first thought every time it's, I see something about it or is, it's just how much I would dread having to deal with that and how, it, how terrible it is and how it maybe is the worst disease that you could get. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you have the close personal ties to it, Ted. I mean, we all do. I mean, Chris was my neighbor growing up and, obviously you know great play-by-play and love listening to you guys on the radio all those years and stuff right. like that and so no it's just something that needs to it's surprising we don't have some sort of better solution than what we have currently and hopefully something like this als you know fist bump challenge is something that can bring more eyes to it just like the als ice bucket challenge did and hopefully mm -hmm. actually get something done uh, absolutely all right well let's do it one more time fist bump there it is in the middle <laughs> All right, guys, let's get a cure for ALS and keep moving it forward. All right, uh, like I said, Major League Baseball is going to have ALS Day on uh, Lou Gehrig Day on June 2nd. Let's hope the Tigers are still in contention. We'll talk a little Tiger baseball right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. 
They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, guys, I know, Jared, you're working with the Tigers on Bally Sports. Uh, they just lost to Cleveland after beating them yesterday, but, you know, they had creeped to within two and a half games uh, of first in the AL Central. They're, you know, they're, they're finding ways to win overall. They're kind of a fun team. We've talked about that before. Uh, it could be kind of an interesting summer. Let's hope they keep our, uh, our attention, you know, through the All-Star break and then see what happens. It's almost like what we talk about with the Lions like if by Thanksgiving, they're still, like you said, keeping our attention, hanging around a little bit. So like mm-hmm. you said, maybe the all-star break in the AL Central. We, we mentioned right. this before. The AL Central right now is not playing very well. So in the AL Central, if they can hang around and, yep. you know, the, the big thing is don't get swept. You can't get swept in any series. If, if you're going to lose, maybe, you know, you lose two of three. Or maybe you win two, you know, you just can't have those runs where you lose six in a row, seven in a row or something like that, because then that knocks you out of contention. So, like you said, if the Tigers can, if they can stay afloat by all-star break, keep things interesting, no big major injuries, I'd almost say that's a win right there, but they're finding ways. The offense is still putrid, but they're finding, they're finding ways to win. The pitching actually has been pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I don't, I'm not ready to pat myself on the back yet. They still got to get to 70 wins, but a lot of this outside of maybe Jonathan scope, a lot of the stuff I predicted, you know, heading into this year, I feel like has been pretty true. I mean, we've seen the two catchers, Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. I mean, belt their fair share of home runs kind of solid. alternating. They've been solid. They've been good. They've given us some offense from the catcher position uh, that we missed last year dearly. Uh, I mean, Scott Harris, He's impressed me, man. I really think he's a guy with a plan. I, I more than maybe any other GM uh, that we've had, you know, whether it's in the Tigers organization or just throughout all of our Detroit sports, I really think he's a smart guy. It's a very small sample size. He hasn't, you know, dealt with a trade deadline uh, or anything like that, but just some of his acquisitions he made this offseason. I mean, McKinstry, uh, guy sees a lot of pitches, great glue guy, great locker room guy. Veerling's been good. Uh, Mayton's been hitting home runs. He's had a walk off already this year. He's been clutch. Um, and he's and somehow, some way, this bullpen that lost a lot of their arms. I mean, Chris Fetter, Fetter made has it's it's like they haven't missed a step. I, I don't know what we're paying that guy. I don't know. Uh, I know he's gotten a lot of job offers, you know, elsewhere, a lot of interest at least, like with Michigan baseball. I know for sure. So I just hope that we get to retain that guy and keep him my AJ Hinch's staff. But yeah, the thing with this team is they've been fun. I mean, they've kept our they've kept our inter, they've kept us entertained. Uh, every time it feels like they're about to go south, like when they were 10 and 17, like about a week ago, right before yeah. the Mets series, they find a way to kind of bring us back in. They won five straight. I mean, they swept the Mets. Mets are kind of a disaster right now, but how much fun was that beating Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander in back to back days? Yeah. I mean you, you don't expect this team to be winning the, you know, the, the AL pennant or anything tomorrow, but the way that they've been able to keep us intrigued, keep us entertained. I mean, guy like Eduardo Rodriguez pitching, like maybe the best guy in baseball right now, who knows what we're going to do with him, you know, as the season progresses and if this team stays in contention or if it doesn't, uh, it's just, it's a lot of positivity, which is something I feel like we haven't seen a lot from the Tigers in a very, very, very long time. So yeah. I'm loving it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're right on. And, you know, Hinch, ever since he benched Baez, 
you know, the, the team seems to have paid attention and they're playing good, hard ball right now. Now I know Javi struggled a little bit in tonight's game, but uh, he's been great since then. Yes, he really he has. has. I mean, he's, I, I feel like his strike, I don't, I think he went like five or, I don't know if he struck out tonight, but before that, I think he went yeah. six straight games without a strikeout. Long as right, he's won yeah. his entire career, uh, his like a strikeout percentile rate is like in the 80th percentile right now where in years past it's like below 20 um he's been hitting he's been hitting home runs uh so i mean he's a fun player when he's when when everything's going well and like you said that was a big time turning point in this season it really was whether you whether it translates to wins and losses or not but i feel like just in terms of the vibe around the clubhouse and kind of the fact that hey no one's above anyone else we're all team here everyone's got to come and work the same way. I mean, AJ Hinch, you guys already know how much I, I love AJ Hinch. And mm-hmm. I think that that singular moment, if you had to point to one, what kind of turned this season around a little bit, it was that. Yep. Yeah. And the big thing too, is there's all the guys that you listed a few minutes ago are starting to step up and that's without, you know, the, the maybe the two bigger names that you were hoping would turn into all-star right. caliber players anyway, you know, Riley Green and Spencer, Spencer Torkelson aren't playing Green's Green's playing pretty well. I mean, his him in the field is fine. He's he's a he's a great fielder. The bats haven't quite been what we're hoping that they would be, especially for Torkelson. So, right, right. you know, for those two to kind of be struggling a little bit, you know, these other guys have started to step up and have kind of cleaned up the the mess a little bit. So, you got to think if Torkelson and Green can kind of turn it on and at least get up around 300 um you know you never know where this team could go especially again with the central the guardians aren't anything that you're super excited about you know so if the tigers can just kind of get on that roll stay healthy and like i said you hope that you know all you ever hear about is all all the 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 twitter the the tigers beat writers and everything that we follow on twitter and stuff Torkelson hits the ball hard every time. Every time it's like Torkelson hit a line drive, line drive. He hits the ball so hard, but he's batting like 198. You know, right. so it's like hopefully if those can start finding gaps, he's gonna be he's gonna be hitting 298 instead of 198. So, you know, if he can start doing that, if Riley Green can kind of turn it on, this team has something. They they have something. They just they need the bats to wake up a little yeah. bit. Eventually, that's, eventually that's gonna come back to bite them. Right. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like the how much they've kind of struggled offensively and how when you look at their record compared to their offensive output, it's like, how are they winning these games? Uh, I mean, the pitching staff, it, it's yeah. been kind of slapped together. A lot of injuries. I mean, Scooble and Mize uh, still aren't with us. Uh, and my, we we might see Scooble this year when we, we're not going to see Mize at all this year. But I just I've been impressed, man. I mean, this is all you could ask for. It's, it's that's a perfect yeah. analogy, Matt, is the, the Detroit Lions. You just hope, hey, get us a Thanksgiving. Keep us entertained until that game. If you win Thanksgiving Day, then we'll maybe start taking you serious. I mean, if they if they take this all the way to the All Star break, I mean, we'll see what happens coming out with the AL Central on the line. Like that whole back half of the season. I mean, it, it's like it's nineteen eighty three again, Ted. Yeah, eighty four. <laughs> eighty four. Eighty three. Eighty four. Yeah, eighty three. They were good too. You know, it is it is good this year that they are certainly in the Central Division because that they, they can compete that way. Uh, you know, but the thing is. And, and I think we tweeted it. I know I tweeted a couple different things. Such a big discrepancy in the division records. And, you know, Major League Baseball has made so many changes. We don't need to get in the whole pitch clock and all that again. It's it's all good, you know, but they made so many changes. Is it time, you know, even the interleague play, it's not a big deal anymore like it used to be. Is it time maybe to have just one big league 
and and shake it up that way? You think that may I, happen down the road? You're speaking my language. I, I this is I, I can't believe how long it took to integrate the schedule like it is finally this year. Right. And, and imagine what it would be like if it, you just played everybody the same amount of times. How much mm-hmm. fun that would be. I, I've never liked the division thing. Like when I was a kid, I was always so confused. Every time I turn on the TV, they're playing the Guardians or <laughs> or they're playing the Twins. I never understood this whole, you know, how the schedule is set up where you play them 30 times in one year or whatever it is. I hate it. I wish we would just go to what every other league is, which is, you know, an East and a West. I still think there is, is not one division, but two divisions like AL and e, uh, AL and NL, excuse me. Okay. Well, I'm still fine with that. I just don't like the inner divisions and I don't like how it affects the scheduling. I'm okay with opening it up like you're proposing. Yeah, I, I still think that the – I'm trying to think of like the real reasoning. Maybe it's just my personal opinion. I think they, they would still need an AL and NL. Yeah. Because I wonder if you just had one big league, if it would almost be too jumbled up. Well, know? here's my question I, I definitely that. could see no divisions. I, I could, I could yeah. understand that. Just my question on that is I guess you'd have to set it up kind of like what the NBA does maybe. I don't know. NBA still has divisions. They're just bigger. Right divisions you know so it's a little more of a round i don't really know what their point that they used to let the point of them are you you never hear people talking about those 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 divisions because you're right they are in the nba but you i don't know what 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 purpose do they serve do you know yeah not really i want i wonder if one of the big reasons was travel back in the day right you know back back before everyone was flying first class charter flights you know you you try to keep everyone a little more local but now that doesn't really matter so yeah, and if you, yeah. if you would ask me this twenty years ago, I said that, that's an insane idea. But there's there's <laughs> been there's been so many changes. In fact, I I'll take it to the extreme, and I know you're going to laugh at me at this, but they've made so many changes since basically after the Tigers won the World Series in '68. That was that was actually the last true original World Series where you had the American League winner play the National League winner. The right. next year they went to divisions '69. So I almost think they ought to re, you know, and and we've talked about the steroid era and all this, everything else going on in the record book. Maybe we should have two record books well, in Major you're, League Baseball. You're our the, uh, you're our historian. So you're saying that the divisions aren't something that's always been around? No. Wow. Then it, then it is idiotic. I don't understand it. If the, I just figured that was another one of those stu- like stupid baseball rules where it's always been around. So like, let's just keep it. Makes nope. no sense. I, yeah. I I hate. Why would you want to? Like, what fans want to see? I mean, just think about, I mean, we had a good crowd for when Verlander was back, but I don't think yeah. it's necessarily just because of that. I think it's because it's the New York Mets. It's like it's a different it's team. a different team. Like let's 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 see what it's like playing them. I, I will say I did respect how the how MLB used to be with the totally two totally different leagues. You never played them, you uh, only all-star game and in the eventual World Series. There and was something kind of cool about that. Yeah, it's cool, but in terms of day-to-day, what makes money, what people are going to watch, it doesn't make sense in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's cool in the World Series, but other than that, I, I never really understood it. So the first thing, I, I did a quick Google search. I did the, just why do sports have divisions? And the first thing that came up was for the NFL. It says NFL divisions serve to make scheduling and playoff seating easier. As yeah. well as maintain rivalries between division members. You know, Lions and the Bears, Lions and the home. Packers. Yeah, which so, I mean, really, it, it almost sounds like just to make scheduling easier, but hmm. that that's kind of lame, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, it that, is. that shouldn't be 
that shouldn't be the main reason. For whatever reason, reason I like it in football, but I hate it in every other sport. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. There, but there's something, there's something I like about playing the Packers every twice every year, Bears every year, right. Vikings. Like, I, but I don't feel that same need if I'm a Tigers fan. I don't need to see us play the Kansas City Royals 16 times. Right. Well, and part of it too, like this year, yeah, the, the Central's pretty down, but like you know, the NFC South last year, the Buccaneers won the their division and they were under 500 right so that would that would maybe support ted's idea you know why the buccaneers probably shouldn't have even made the playoffs last year and they they won their division at under 500 might happen this year with with the al central team might be like right around 500 and they win their division make the playoffs so i think it'd be something to address i'm glad with some of the changes they made you know taking away the dh or um taking away the pitcher hitting right in the NL and, you know, some of that stuff, interleague play, like we mentioned. Hey, and I'll raise my hand. I mean, they have sped up the game of baseball. (laughs) They, it seems to be working. It It does seem to be working. I worked that Mets series, the game times. I I think I'm not exactly right, but I seriously think that all three of them were two hours and 10 minutes or less. Let's mind. Think about that. That That's the NBA game. Uh, no, I love it. it. It's 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 made a new fan out of me, as you guys already know. So right. we don't need to rehash the whole pitch clock, but it's it's been a great, great, great rule change. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, oh, I got one other thing. One final thing on baseball. I uh, I was home the other day mowing the lawn, and I decided to put on the Tiger broadcast on the radio. And uh, you know, we already know all about Charles Barkley. He's he threw something out there that was completely insane, and <laughs> he won't listen to any games on the radio, but. Listening to the Tigers with Dan Dickerson and Cameron Mabin, I think they got a future superstar in him. He's he's absolutely outstanding as the color guy on Tiger Radio broadcast. Well, he he's also uh, he also does pregames and stuff for for Bally exactly. Uh, right, so yeah, he works. No, he is he is great, man. Uh, he can't, he formerly worked for the the Yes Network uh, with the Yankees, mm-hmm. uh, and I, everything you just said, I'll second. I think he is very good. He's he's got a young kind of energy. He's recently out of the game, uh, yep. and he he just he, you can tell he knows his baseball. And yeah. He has a good delivery. I mean, he, he has a good. Del- he, he says what he's he says some inside baseball stuff that he gets out, doesn't stutter. It's just awesome. Yeah, I haven't heard him on the radio yet, but any anytime I've heard him on TV. I've, I've just said it, this guy's going to be somewhere. It's like when Curtis Granderson started yep. doing TV, it was like, all right, well, he's going to have a, he's going to have a job doing, doing this somewhere. It's the same with Maven. So I'm, I'm glad the Tigers snagged him up because I, I still like, I know Barkley said, basically said like why it's pointless to have sports on radio. And obviously <laughs> very, very near and dear to your heart, Ted. I mean, I, right. I still enjoy it, but there was a, the first round playoff game we were, uh, the the Warriors and Kings. We were driving somewhere. I think we had to like run to the store. We had to do something. And one of those games was like coming down to the wire. So I quick flipped it on ESPN Radio to hear that, and it was great. I, I forget it was PJ Color Carlissimo was the color guy. I forget who was doing play by play, but it was fantastic. And I know I've we've mentioned obviously listening to Lions games on the radio is you know is just great. And Dickerson obviously is awesome doing the Tigers. So no, I there's still definitely value to right. sports radio. It's a whole nother level. You got to face it. When you, when you said you turned on ESPN radio, I mean, if for any young guys that want to get into the radio business, doing play by play, just listen to the pros, just listen to the pro broadcasters. Right. You know, they are, 
they're just awesome. I mean, they yeah. paint the picture. They're fluid. You know, they're just they're just top notch, man. And it's it's real close to actually watching the game. And I am prejudiced because I'm a radio <laughs> guy, but man, it, it, if you listen to somebody that's a real pro, it, you're, it's just like you're watching it. You can yep. you can watch it in your head, right? It's theater of the mind. It's you awesome. can feel the energy. You can feel right. everything. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep this energy going and uh, do a little uh, little look at the NBA next. Is that what we're going to do, fellas? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Well, let's let's be full disclosure to everybody. We were going to record this on Monday night, but I think the consensus was there was a couple of good basketball games on Monday night. So let's just move it to Tuesday. <laughs> the Lakers, man, I just uh, let's start right there. LeBron, AD's playing well, and uh, man, they they're surprising me. They're really surprising me. I, they they are. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of can't believe what I'm watching, to be honest. Especially given where they were you know, whatever, four four months ago when they still had Westbrook. And it's like, are these guys even going to make the playoffs? Right. Even after that, it was still it, – it, they had to win the play-in. I mean, they probably should have lost that very first play-in game to the Timberwolves. Uh, they somehow pulled that one out of their butt and made it. It's 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 incredible. I, it's, I'm just pinching myself. You guys know me. I Whatever LeBron does, I'll drink it up. I love it. <laughs> and so the last thing I needed was a one more maybe title run uh, to really bring it home. I mean – what a cool story. I, I'll be honest, watching him, you can definitely tell he's lost a step. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird, especially in the one of the game a, a couple of nights ago where he didn't take a shot in the first quarter. And you just you just know he doesn't have that kind of takeover ability that we've known him to have his entire career. So it's a little bit depressing in that sense. But it's been really cool to kind of just see him take on this sort of father role. And, I mean, he's still putting up 27, 27 balls in the playoffs. So he's right. not like he's a, he's a schlub. But it's cool seeing him bring all these other, other guys that kind of under his wing – and they're just really meshing. I mean, Hachimura, he's had his moments. Reeves has had his moments. I mean, just last night, Lonnie Walker, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> it's just, it's a really, it's something you haven't seen from a LeBron team maybe ever, them being the underdog and really being like a rootable team that mm-hmm. you want to see, you know, keep winning. So it's just been a lot of fun, man. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. I know Matt is too. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, you know, Saginaw own Darvin Ham, head coach, and he's just dialing it up. You know, you've heard for so long that, whoever's coaching LeBron James's teams isn't really the coach that LeBron James's team. I, I think, I think Darvin Ham and, and LeBron have a certain sort of respect for each other. And, and Ham is actually out there coaching, making adjustments and substitutions. And, you know, LeBron, I think it, you can almost tell, like he does respect Darvin Ham as a head coach, which is cool to see. They it's the perfect formula. We've mentioned it now for weeks. Rob Polinka built the perfect team around LeBron James. I mean, he, he said it, you know, Austin Reeves was un, undrafted and he said the first time he practiced, practiced with Austin Reeves, he said, we're, we're going to end up signing right. this kid because he's the perfect player for me. You know, like he's not, he's probably never going to make an all-star game, you know, anything like that. He can run, he can run point guard. He can shoot, he can defend, he can pass. He's not scared of the moment. So LeBron can kick him the ball and he's going to shoot. Same with Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker basically didn't play 
basically the whole playoffs. He hasn't touched the floor. And Darvin Ham said, you know, they always told him, stay ready. And it's just the one thing, you know, you always hear about Kobe, obviously, is my favorite player ever. And you always hear about, you know, Michael Jordan, the killer instinct. No one was ever going to take that last shot away from MJ or Kobe. They always wanted to be the guy to take it. And that's kind of been one criticism of LeBron his mm-hmm. whole career. He was so quick to, like, maybe give that pass, make the right basketball play, you know, the quote-unquote right play. And that's just been his thing. And that's you kind of like what you're saying, Jared. He's not necessarily like deferring to people, but I think he's picking his spots because he know he he knows he can't go balls no. to the wall for 40 minutes a night anymore. He's got to trust Lonnie Walker. He's got to hope that Anthony Davis is locked in so LeBron doesn't have to do it. You gotta think like how how crazy it is is it in a game four in the playoffs that LeBron is cool kicking it to Austin Reeves cool kicking it over to Lonnie Walker who basically hasn't touched the floor as that as those players that's got to be the ultimate confidence boost yeah lead leading scorer in NBA history and are you can make an argument that he's the best player ever top two player ever is saying here man you shoot shoot take it you're rolling tonight that's got to be just the ultimate confidence boost when he's doing that you know so I definitely didn't grow up a LeBron guy. I have turned. I, I respect his game more than ever now. You know, 38 years old to still be playing at this level. I, I think it's insane. And it's just fun to watch because I, I, I as someone, you know, who I would I would picture, I, I'd be curious what your dad would say, Jared. I think LeBron plays the game the right way. He's not trying to dominate the ball. He's not playing like a James Harden, dribble, 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 step back 40-footer. <laughs> You know, he, he's making the right plays. He can defend when he wants to. He can rebound. He can shoot. He obviously still turns it up sometimes and throws down those ridiculous dunks. Um, he, he's just, when I watch him now, he just, he seems like, he seems like the perfect basketball player. He's like the perfect basketball player. He's got the body. He's got the size, speed, everything. Yeah. It's crazy. He, he is. He, he really is. Uh, I mean, we're lu- we're lucky to have him in this lifetime. Ted, if he wins this, if he ends up going all the way uh, and wins this NBA Finals, I mean, where does for me? He's already my number one guy, right? Um, so he's not going to move for me. But does is if he was number two in your eyes, Matt and Ted, does he does this title? Does it totally put him above Jordan? Where is he? Where are you at with that? It well, you'd have to put him right there for sure. With if he gets the title, and he's already the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, so you can't take that away from him. And you mentioned right at the beginning of this conversation that you know he's not the same old LeBron, but you know what? You watch him; that he may not be the same old LeBron a hundred percent of the time, but man, he's pretty damn close. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think he just like I said, I think he just he knows to pick his spots. He's right. not, he's not going to do it maybe from tip to, to the yeah. horn at the end of the game, but he right. can definitely do it if he wants to. Right. And uh, it's pretty impressive to see. I mean, he's played um, approaching 300 playoff games. He's played almost four extra seasons just in the playoffs. Like that, that's just crazy to think about. So it's impressive to see. And I, I honestly think I, Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan, but if if they can be healthy, that's obviously the big thing. Well, with any team at this point with these playoffs, but with the Lakers, if LeBron and AD can be healthy, there's no reason they can't win the finals this year. I mean, if they can get past the Warriors, the Suns and Nuggets now are in a dogfight. I thought that was yeah. I thought the Nuggets had that for sure, but now the Suns have battled back. They're actually playing better without your guy CP3 which is kind of strange to say, but you know, that that's going to be a great series. So 
the Lakers can win another one. And, you know, if, if, if LeBron can take another team at 38 years old to the finals and possibly win another one, I mean, you know, some, some people will never admit that anyone can ever be better than Michael Jordan, but it, mm-hmm. it'd be, it's starting to get harder and harder. There's really not, not an argument. Yeah. There's really not an argument. You, if he, if he wins this, he's now at f- five titles. I mean, what, what argument can you even make? Uh, the argument's oh, always going to be six and oh. Six and oh. Yeah. That's always going to be the argument. And it's silly that they, that, I know that it, that is what it will always be. And yeah. that should, that doesn't even make sense. Um, well, I will say this, Jared. I, I've never been a huge LeBron fan like you. I mean, I respected his game. You know, I, I thought he was really good, but I'm actually rooting for him now. Maybe it's the old man in me and he's now an elder statesman, but I'm pulling for him. I really am. I mean, I, yeah. Like Matt laid out, he's playing the game the way it needs to be played. He's made his adjustments. He's a definite leader of that team. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Big game coming up tomorrow night against Golden State at San Francisco. That's going to be that's gonna be pretty huge. You know, it's a knockout game. And if you let Golden State get a little momentum, watch out, because they go back to L.A. and pick up one there, then uh, all bets are off for that game yeah. seven if it gets there. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to have a game seven back in Golden State if you're the Lakers. No. You, I saw, I saw actually, you, you mentioned Get Up earlier. Um, on Get Up this morning, they were talking about should the Lakers rest their starters in oh. that game and just basically go all in on game, game six, six back in it. LA. And Tim Legler and some of the other people were like, Foolish. no, no, you do, <laughs> you do not play with fire like that give the Warriors any sort of confidence. You go yeah. in there, you try and win it in game five. Absolutely. Try and win it in game five. And, you know, if you don't, well, then you try and win it in game six because you don't want game seven. So This is a big, in my opinion, this is a big, not only the rest of the series, but especially game five. It's a big Steph Curry legacy game. Mm-hmm. I, this whole series, to be honest, he's, he's always wanted to be in that sort of debate with LeBron as this generation's maybe greatest player. You can't you can't be in that conversation anymore. If LeBron, as we see him now, still a good player, definitely in the twilight of his career, versus Curry, who a lot of people are saying basically this is the best he's ever been, you can't go down four games to one. Uh, honestly, I don't I don't think you can afford to go down at all. But you guys know me; I've always kind of been a been a, I've gone back and forth on Steph Curry and especially this Warriors team. But just I've been kind of disappointed with how they've came out uh, in this series. I, I honestly thought that it was going to be theirs to lose. Uh, and it's just it's just been disappointing to see a couple blowouts and who knows we might only get five games of this. Yeah, well we'll be all watching. You guys will be watching live. I'll be uh, checking it out in the morning on my DVR. I'll be <laughs> honest uh, uh, that last night's game. So yeah, we're we're recording on Tuesday. They played Monday night. Uh, I I felt like an elder statesman, you know, watching a <laughs> watching a Sunday golf tournament wrap up or a Tigers game because. I dozed. I definitely fell asleep around halftime. Yeah, woke up perfectly. Started the fourth quarter. I was like, I, I was I kind of woke up. I was like, oh man, what happened? What? Where is it? Oh, fourth quarter. Cool. All right, here we go. Yeah, you're perfect. Like, you're all rested. Yeah, it was perfect. So <laughs> it worked out. Back on the NBA a little bit. What do you think about the Bucks getting rid of Budenholzer? And is is he talked as talked about as maybe a potential Pistons coach? No, Pistons already have their their candidates. It seems like from the yeah. sources I to be, I know Ollie. Kevin Ollie is one of them. Right. It's guys I, I that I've never really heard of or considered other than Ollie. And I, I, to be honest, I forgot that Kevin Ollie was even still coaching. I didn't even right. <laughs> until this came about. I always coached overtime elite. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll that'll be 
you never know with MB with NBA coaches and hirings because I'll be honest, when they hired Darvin Ham, I'm like, this is a, this is gonna flame out terribly, right. uh, and, and that ended up working out. So, no, I, I don't know. But with Budenholzer, I, I was okay with seeing them let him go. I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you kind of you run your course, especially in the NBA, uh, where you just need a new voice in there. Yeah, uh, and 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 just the way they went out. I know Giannis missed about half the minutes that were played in that series, but just the way they went out, I was I I had no problem with seeing him go. I, the time was up, and that's yeah. basically yeah. what he said in his salute. Uh, to yeah, on social media. Final thing on the NBA boys. I mean, it was the big hot topic with uh, Joker shoving Ishbia and flop of the year, but uh, <laughs> shoving. Yeah, I, man, I, man, what did you make of that? I'm curious, like you, you seem like you just absolutely hated it, which is funny to me. The the stupidest thing ever on both ends. Yeah. So right, Jokic obviously went over there to not necessarily to stir things up. I mean, he knew what he was doing. But anyone who thinks that Ishbia, at least in my opinion, didn't kind of get things going, didn't kind of toke stoke the fire a little bit by holding the ball. I mean that you as a fan, whether you're the owner or a fan, you can't hold on to the ball. Like that's just the rule. I don't care if you're a former player. I don't care if you know people are like, yeah, hey, he was a walk and he played basketball. You know what? No, you can't do that. I mean, that that's the rule. That's why Jokic went over there and he's sitting there holding the ball. And then when Joker goes to get it from him, he like tries to pull the ball back. That's why the ball flew right. off into the crowd. It's like, well, it- what are you doing, dude? And then to act like, yes, I know Joker's a seven foot huge monster of a man and Ishbia is not very big but the way he flopped back <laughs> acted like joker like threw like a hulk hogan forearm shiver to him made yourself just look stupid to be frank like it made you you look ridiculous and then he throws up his arms and like oh my god it's just like no i'm glad they didn't suspend him if they would have suspended him and changed right. the course of the series that would have been really bad you know Give him the fine. Yeah, he mm-hmm. shouldn't have went over there. He did make contact with Ishbia, so yes, you should have fined him. But really, like if that was a normal fan who did what Ishbia did, they would have been kicked out of the arena and maybe not invited back. Mm-hmm. Because he's sitting there holding the ball. And then if you watch the video really slow, he was going, he was like starting to reach for Joker before the little shove. And it's like, what were you, what are you trying to do? The thing that confused me with that was Ishbia. Is yeah, it was weird. The whole thing, Ishbia didn't come across great, although it did get technical foul. So you gotta won the whole thing. Yeah, but I don't know what set Jokic off so much to no. need to like rip it out of his. Like he was holding it. Yes, he he was holding it, but it, well, it didn't seem like he was like chirping him or anything. He's just sitting there holding the ball, and you would have thought that he had like just stole his lunch money the way he yeah. just, like, stormed over there and ripped it out of his hands. Uh, it was a funny altercation, nonetheless. And and one thing that. People were pointing out is that you like in one of the cameras or one of the whatever angles you can see Ishbia's like butt crack. I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, that's something you always gotta worry about, especially with the older you get. You never know when the old crack's gonna show. Coin slot. You never want it. It's never good when it does. No. <laughs> yeah, national television. But someone, someone made the good point, like part of it too. Not, not to talk too much on this, but like if that was Mark Cuban. It would have been handled, or the reaction would have been much different. It would have been like the reaction would have been that Cuban was trying to affect the game just because of everything that Cuban's mm-hmm. done in the past, you know. But because no one really knows, obviously, a lot of people know who Matt Ishby is, but you know, in the NBA world, no one really knows him that much. He doesn't have that reputation. 
you know it's like right. oh what was happening he wasn't doing anything but you're holding the ball you, right. you can't hold the ball if you if you pick up the ball toss it over to the ref toss it to the player like what what are you doing exactly well the one one other comment on that whole situation and the way the nba is nowadays and it's all about money obviously these people these rich people that now these NBA arenas have the best seats where they used to have the coaches and the players next to the scorer's table. Now these high rollers get this, this block of six or seven seats right next to the scorer's table. The teams are all down at the end. I don't know how when that first changed, but it is pretty bizarre in the NBA how close those people yeah. are to well, they're uh, literally on the bench course. like you said it's like they're 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 right on the bench it's, yeah it's it, it is i've always thought that too it is wild but it's cool i mean yeah. why not it it gets the fans right in the action i mean we we were laughing about it whatever a couple of weeks ago when draymond was in quote unquote in, inciting the crowd uh <laughs> i i thought that was awesome i i love and even the Jokic thing i don't know what set him off so much but it was just a fun little interaction that yeah. dang, got us talking about it so. got us talking that's right um, a couple of miscellaneous things. Uh, you know, we finally know where Peyton Thorne of MSU is going, going to Auburn. I don't know if he's already locked in as starting quarterback there, but I would guess he is. And oh, yeah. uh, is there any is there any more talk that I just saw a couple things on Twitter about uh, Keon Coleman of Michigan State? Michigan actually sent a feeler out about him. Is that, would that possibly <laughs> yeah, happen? Yeah, that's awesome, though. The the image I saw was that. He's narrowed his choice down to 59 schools. Oh. So. <laughs> it's all about the nil, baby. Yeah. No, speaking, probably... speaking of that, I, I did see that Hunter Dickinson, you know, yeah. he, he committed to Kansas. Part of the reason, probably the main reason, is because of the NIL. And he said something about that he only, you know, only made like 60, 70 grand last year for his NIL at Michigan. Right. Which, you know, for someone of his stature, you know, playing at Michigan, there were, you know, like Bronny James committing to USC. He's valued. He might be making like six, 7 million, wow. you know, with his NIL and Hunter Dickinson, he's, he said at Kansas, he's already easily going to make well over six figures. So it's just interesting to see how different schools and how this whole thing is playing out. And part of me is like, where, what are they even getting paid to do? Like what? Yeah. Is it, is it just like sponsorships? Is it just in their social media posts? You know, they're supposed yeah. to be wearing certain clothes and, you know, stuff like that. Like what, where are they even making this money? But it's, it's definitely cool. Cause I know like Blake Corum, I know he does pretty well with the NIL and probably JJ McCarthy and other people too. So it's interesting a, it's a, to see. It's a weird world we're living. What did you make of him actually going to Kansas? Like, I kind of loved it. I think it's kind of a fun little fit, him and Bill Self. It, yeah. I like that he went somewhere where we're still going to be able to keep an eye on him and watch him. Yeah. I never had any ill will toward Dickinson, even once he entered the portal. I, I, I've always liked him. Yeah, I mean, he had his issues on the basketball court. No basketball player is perfect, but I always liked watching him and rooting for him. So it, it, I'll, it's nice to see that he's going somewhere where it's like, hey, he can compete for a national championship next year. So I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll pay attention, watch when Kansas plays, and go. Oh, there's Dickinson, but am I rooting for him? No, he left <laughs> Michigan for God's sakes. He, he well, didn't have it all that bad there. Yeah, if it's all about the money, God bless you. Yeah. Listen, we don't, for for one goddamn pod, let's not talk about that program. It's <laughs> we we know why he left. Maybe okay. I don't know. Where there's I don't know. Let's just leave it at that. All yeah. right. Well, we got a little prep spotlight coming up next, but before we do, just real quick. Uh, I don't know. Did you work Saturday? Kentucky Derby. It got all bias. What'd you think? 
Yeah, I, I it, it wasn't nothing's gonna ever live up to last year's rich strike. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the longest shot won mm-hmm. the Derby. It, it wasn't anything like that. The big storyline from this weekend in the Kentucky Derby has been all the scratches they had. I think they had like seven seven scratches throughout the weekend, and then obviously the the deaths the of the horses. A, seven horses died. Who's actually yeah. Mike Rapoli, who's the body armor? Uh, yeah, he's the owner of that horse. Who he came up with body armor, CEO of that. He kind of runs around in like the barstool type circles. Um, no, it, it sucks. I, I, the one thing I do appreciate. I mean, we've heard all these kind of horror stories of how these horses are treated. I don't hate that they're for once. They're finally like, you know what? Yeah, he's got a bruise. He probably could run. Uh, but we're not going to run them. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it sucks for that sense, especially when horse like Mage, who Forte beat, I think like four times <laughs> throughout the year, ends up winning it. That's got to be a tough pill to swallow. But I mean, what a cool event. Ted, I, have you ever made it down to it? No. And I, it is a bucket list thing. I should, you know, it, it does look like it'd be awesome. Even if you're, you know, way away from the action, but you still can watch, you can, you can soak up the atmosphere and, you know, watch it on all the different screens that are set up through there i've been down to louisville and been by churchill downs and it's a pretty impressive uh you know campus there it but to be there on derby day would be awesome you know what do they run like 12 races prior to the kentucky derby it'd be fun to hang out all day it would be Uh, at my age you don't have to be somewhat near uh portageon though periodically if you know what i'm talking about a lot of money being thrown around that's for sure absolutely All right, a little prep spotlight coming up for you, brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse right after this. Capital Sports Fieldhouse is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel, and the -the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, I'll try to keep this tight as possible. Uh, you know, we always talk about our Chronic Cavaliers and the boys track team, man. They just keep rolling. They had a record-setting night in their own Cavalier Classic 14-school invite. Corona uh, dominated all the relay races. They won the 4 by 100 relay team of Isaac Jacobs, Nick Strau, and the Bauer boys, Tarek and Wyatt. They broke the school record in 42.98 seconds. That's pretty impressive. And the same four set a new meet record in the 4 by 200 and the 4 by 400 Luke Curran. Jackson and Nick Strau and Logan Roca set another meet record. I mean, they just, if you dominate the relays, you're going to probably win most of your meets, you know, and they, they definitely did that. And they're, they're a special team. And I know they're talking about potential state championship and it, it wouldn't be a big surprise if they are, you know, have good weather that day and can all do their own personal best. It'd be, it'd be cool to see. It's always a big thing, the weather, and then, mm-hmm. you know, just how they're feeling. <laughs> How are they feeling going into that state meet? I mean, when they, if they're setting records like that, because like we've said, Corona has a storied track program. If they're breaking records, that, that says a lot. So and we, we might see another uh, another sign go on that Corona city limits coming up here. <laughs> they're, they're running out of room. <laughs> well, it's got like 10 different Odyssey of the Mine national championships on that thing. So. Yes. 
Uh, also, you know, you know, we don't talk about Morris's boys track team very often, but they won the 10 team Cardinals classic at Dryden and they won, uh, you know, the four by 100 and the four by 200 and four by 400. So good job by the Morris Orioles and Chessonine won an MMAC quad as Levi Meyer won the 400, the 800 and 3,200 meter runs. Boy, that kid must've been tired after that. That's all. That's a lot of distance right there, man. A lot of running. Uh, in baseball, Langsburg walked off, walked off Puama Westphalia six to five on Darm Garcia's two out two strike single. Corona just recently swept Owasso five zip and nine one to improve to fifteen and three in baseball. Chuck Osika doing a great job with the Cavaliers. Yes. Colin Thompson shut out the Trojans in game one, and Colby Ardeline uh, got the game two win and went three for three at the plate. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cavaliers do here in the month of May as they head to the tournament in June good ball club gotta love it and like you said weather's turning around right so now you can start getting in a groove absolutely just in, just just in time man 18 games down yeah that's that's because <laughs> that's, that's literally like it's finally like the weather is nice to play baseball that's absolutely. crazy they've already logged 18 games man yeah i think yeah. they have a single game against owasso at the trojan field tomorrow speaking of owasso well it's softball uh, they swept Brandon eleven to nothing and seven to two as Lexi Hemker went four for four. They also swept Corona girls softball three, thirteen to two and twelve nothing. And and speaking of Owasso softball, I just saw this in the newspaper. Macy Ireland, you remember her from the uh, twenty twenty one state championship, and she went on to uh, Kent State. She was just named the MAC pitcher of the week after going five and zero. Oh. They beat Buffalo twice and Bowling Green in three games. So congratulations nice. to her. Um, Here's here's a little quick thing statewide, Jared. You guys are probably on top of it at Bally. Uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball team had won 84 straight baseball games. Think <laughs> about what? that. State record, obviously, 84 straight. And they had won 84 straight going into last Thursday's doubleheader with Gross Point Liggett. Now the Eaglets have a two-game losing streak. But, oh, wow. But they racked off 84 straight before losing that Twin Bill four three four three, but uh, that's quite a. They are loaded. I just, I think they finished the year last year like number one nationally. They really uh, <laughs> hell of a program out. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Dan Petrie's son that is the oh, head coach there. I uh, think you're right. So yeah, they are. That's what a hell of a program, man. Eighty four <laughs> straight. That's insane. Yeah. What what does that end up being? That's almost like. Four years in a row. Four years, yeah, yeah. The previous record was uh, small school Homer. I think they'd won like seventy. So the Eaglets, uh, they they stamped some room there for that all time record. That's very That's impressive. Crazy. I got a little local thing just to end it here for you guys. Let's do it. All right. You know how I uh, I'd been preaching about the Crona uh, team, Crona schools joining the Mid Michigan Athletic Conference. You know, so they could have these natural rivalries with Chesanine Duran, Ovid Elsie, the others. There's now actual talk. There's oh. there's there's been the MMAC. They're looking to add one team, and from what I understand, they've actually reached out to Corona and Birch Run. They're gonna probably the athletic directors are gonna have to do their presentations on why their school is the best fit to join that league. But uh, they're only gonna pick one, from what I understand, between Corona and Birch Run. You know, if you look at Birch Run, okay, they're closer to uh, you know Montrose. Uh, Mount Morris. Okay, that's fine. But if you pick Corona, you're right basically in the middle of that league, which yep. I would think would be appealing, but uh, kind of interesting news. So if that, so if say, say Corona wins that bid, what would that make the conference, all the teams? Well, dropping out would be Lakeville. 
because okay. they uh first of all they haven't been able to compete and second of all uh they've just decided to go to eight-man football and byron is also in that league and they've just decided to go to eight-man football so okay. that's kind of the deciding factor there you know Uh-oh. so who would be left it would be karana and then yeah who's in the who's in the okay league? it'd be i'll start from the east so you got mount morris montrose new lothrop karana chesanine and ovid elsie okay and I, I durand want, and durand I, I want nothing to do with that league if I'm no correct. in my opinion i, I think you like, just think it's a step down don't you i i, I do in a bit yeah. I feel kind of grody saying that, but um, no, I think the I think the conference they're in right now it's it's a good conference, especially for a good football team, which yeah. is what we, which is what Carolina currently has. You have uh, good schools like Goodrich, uh, who are always going to be good. You have the crossover game at the with a bigger school, guaranteed a bigger school every year. I'm fine with the conference they're in. Yes, it doesn't have those rivalries. Uh, that we'd love to see. But if it's not going to be all the whole shebang of all those kind of local Shiawassee County schools, then I, what what good is it, you know, just being in the mix with Chesaning and Durand? I can see that. Yeah. I, yes, it'd be cool to kind of get back in the mix to bring back some of those rivalries that we've talked about a number of times on the podcast. But it all, does almost seem like it's kind of like one foot in, one foot out type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see what you're saying, Jared. If if Corona is really trying to establish itself as a, you know, one of one of the top mid Michigan programs, w- would they be better staying in the conference they're in? Better competition, maybe. You know, I'm I'm not sure if it is right. technically better competition, but you know, kind of like what you laid out. And so I'd I'd be curious to see what what the final pitch is. So Jared's a nay. <laughs> Matt's a, Matt's a, are you an in betweener? I'm an in, a classic. I'm an I'm an in betweener because I'm I, all I, in on the MMAC. Okay. <laughs> I well, my whole my whole thing is the communities are similar. Yep. The rivalries will be great. The travel will be less. I mean, it just to me, it just and I am old school, but I, I I'm all in. I, I'd like yeah. to see it if they got the invite. I'd I'd hope they do it. And they wouldn't join and they'd run out this next season in the Flint Metro still anyway. So it'd be for right. 24, 25. So hey, I, no, I, I definitely wouldn't be against it because when you when you line back up with Durand over some of some of those those other schools, Chesanane, that mm-hmm. would definitely be very cool to see again. Um yeah, I just if wonder, you, like, would yeah, like Jared said, would you be taking a step down? That's it. Not not that Corona all of a sudden has become like right. an elite, elite right. program or something like that. But you know, you know, I think a lot of people look at Corona in our county as like, what do those idiots, what are they so like self- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, so proud of themselves. Why are they so proud of themselves, man? They are worse than us. We we kick their ass when we play them. That's what I would say if I was like a Durand or a Chesaning. Um, just like outside looking in, because I feel like we always do have this highbrow look. Arrogance? Like, are you arrogance. saying arrogance? Arrogance. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, when you look back at the history books, it's like you guys are you guys are churning out like two win seasons, like it's nothing. Why are you guys so highbrow about all this? I'm not sure. Join the MMA. Oh, I, maybe, yeah, maybe I am right. Maybe we just do need to, or maybe I'm wrong. We just need to join this conference. <laughs> Go Cavs. All right. Good debate. Yep. Yep. Well, that's our prep spotlight, and we'll uh, wrap up the podcast. Just a short entertainment tonight, right after this. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys. I got a few things on here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tighten it up because uh, you know we don't want to go all night long. Number one, I'm gonna go to a radio show I just listened to this week. You know I love my Howard Stern, and they did a full week in Miami. They got brand new studios down there for Sirius XM in Miami, and uh, this guy kind of goes to your era, I think, Matt Pitbull. They had did, had oh, yeah. did a decent interview with Pitbull. Okay, the, the dude is he's awesome. Mr. 305. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like his music, but his, the interview was really, really good. You know, he figured it out. You know, he's an entrepreneur, but uh, his life wasn't all that good growing up, but uh, he has figured it out. And Pitbull's my man now, man. I loved it. How, how long are you going to ride Howard Stern, man, until he's totally off the tracks? Till the end, baby. I'm I'm a Howard Stern fan forever. <laughs> Did you, I mean, the latest, are you just, are you got are you your head under a rock with the latest thing where he had the comment? Basically, NBA players don't come and talk to him. Uh, like, basically, he's trying to make it like a race type issue. Uh, what? No, I didn't hear any of that. You, he didn't talk about that on a show. I, I don't see how when he's sitting courtside, none of the players come up and say hi to him. Uh, no, I didn't hear that. I did hear though. He he's talked about this before that uh, Jeff Van Gundy. You know, I think he does games for the Knicks along with his national duties. Right. Uh, Howard, you know, every once in a while gets his free seats and sits there in the front row. Well, he was at a Knicks game, and I think they were getting beat pretty bad. And he got up to leave, you know, like after the third quarter, and Van Gundy just ripped on him, saying, ah, Knicks management should never give Howard Stern tickets again, you know, not being a true fan and whatever, whatever. But I'll ride the yeah. Howard Stern thing forever. Yeah. I know you're a big oh. Stern guy. I, I heard what Jared was talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. Heard, I heard, I heard, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, what the comment. He, he said something about how Spike Lee. He said, "Oh, it, it was something along the lines of like, why do all the players go to talk to Spike Lee or you know something yeah. like that? Like no one ever comes to talk to me." And so then obviously, yeah, people were like, "These players don't even really know who you no. are, but everyone knows who Spike Lee is." Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a fair statement. You know, Spike you know, like Lee, for the Knicks, you know, like if you're at Madison Square holder. Garden, he's there front and center forever, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. I'm still always going to be a Howard <laughs> guy, and uh, you know, I do like my um, my documentaries. Here's another. You like your history stuff too, don't you, Jared? Oh yeah, uh, I got a quick one when when you're done. All right. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll wrap this part up. It's called The Movement and the Madman. It was on PBS again. It was about the Vietnam War and Richard Nixon and how the anti-war protest in 1969, the largest the country's ever seen, peaceful protest. Nixon had to cancel what he he himself called his madman plans for a gigantic escalation of the war in Vietnam. And you can just imagine what the peace Nicks were doing. What are you doing, Nixon? He even was threatening nuclear weapons in Vietnam. And it just showed at our country in 69, you know, the, the peace people got together, did peaceful protest and changed Nixon, Nixon's mind about escalating the war. I mean, it was a really well done documentary. Yeah. That's all I can mm -hmm. tell you on that. Definitely a piece of history. 
Yeah, part of history that honestly I'd I'd never it's I'd I'd never heard that. I didn't mm-hmm. know that, that that it was on the brink of becoming. I mean, thankfully it wasn't. I mean, what is that sliding doors moment for yeah. US and also world history if, if nuclear weapons were used in Vietnam. Um no, so in that same vein, you you brought up Ken Burns last mm-hmm. week yeah. uh, and you know the US and the Holocaust documentary. So I gave one of his docs a watch. One thing I accidentally did, I accidentally subscribed subscribed to PBS somehow. Uh, I thought PBS was free. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm I paid eighty bucks. How much? <laughs> it was like apparently there's two options. I, I didn't realize that I was, was kind of clicking through. One of them was like a, like you pay every month, or one yeah. was like a one lump fee. Okay. Uh, all PBS stuff. So I clicked that one, not really realizing what I was doing until <laughs> the charge came through my card for sixty five bucks. Uh, for a one-time subscription but anyway PBS was always free too i I, I don't know man i couldn't find it for free i apparently not online no not easily um so so anyways so anyways so i finally watched one of ken burns's docs made it about 30 minutes into it i I see why i see why people like it i really do man i i really it's impressive what he does with photos how that's like his main you know it's not a lot of visuals, it's a lot of photos that he uses. Burns effect. I'm not yeah. saying, obviously, he doesn't need my blessings for if he's a damn good filmmaker. He is. It's just, it's not my speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the baseball one. I watched the first part of the one set in like, when it was talking about the first start of baseball in the 1700s. Eh, this isn't really familiar. Let me see if it's maybe just the time period I'm not getting into. So then I watched the 11th inning, watched the first like 30, 35 minutes of that, got through kind of Barry Bonds's whole home run chase. And I just said, you know what? This is, this is saying for me, man, I, I see the appeal. I appreciate it. Uh, it's just, it's just not for me. So yeah. it, my overall rating, it's good. I see why people love it. It's just not my speed. Fair. I think, I think speed is, is the main thing with his yeah. documentaries. They are very slow and dense Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe that's exactly what you want out of a, a historic documentary. You're not you're not watching some, you know, spoofy movie hour and a half, you know, right. That's it for the for the big screen or whatever. If you're watching a documentary like that, you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's going to teach you about baseball, about the <laughs> World War One or, you know, teach. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going to learn a lot, but you've you better have some coffee or you better have something to drink because it's pretty slow. And like you said, because it's a lot of photos, you know, if it was a lot of cool historic video that might kind of keep you engaged a ton of interviews, you know, maybe that would be different, but when it's just like narration and photos, it is a little bit like, uh, uh, so. Well, and I think it does fall into our generation thing a little bit too, with the baseball one, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I, I read books, I read books about baseball, you know, I knew all about uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and, you know, even to a certain extent, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle and, you know, the different Tigers in their eras, you know, just got all your information from books. And then, uh, you know, growing up, we did have obviously Ernie Harwell on the radio, listening to Tiger games. You'd have your game of the week, you know, it was kind of, you know, just think about what I had to grow up with, you guys. It was one game a week on TV, and when I got a little <laughs> older, you know, the Tigers might have 40 games out of the whole season. Now, now you got it all. We got yeah. it all. You know, if you want to pay for it, you can you can watch all the major league games if you want yep. to. So definitely, yeah, it's definitely change. It, it's definitely an attention span thing. I yep. mean, you know, yeah. Like you said, Jared, you can appreciate what it is. You can see right. the value in – watching baseball the documentary but 
pretty slow. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's impressive people that you watch. The, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like the U.S. and the Holocaust, it wouldn't be that because it's just the three parts, two hours a piece. Yeah, maybe maybe it moves a little bit quicker. And again, I don't. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind to be watching it. It wasn't right. exactly what I expected. I right. should have given PBS, given their narration, given your guys is how you guys talk about the photos. I probably should have realized what I was getting myself into. Right. But I, it just, it just, it, for a Sunday afternoon, I, I was looking for something <laughs> to pick up my juices a little bit, and that just, it wasn't hit. Yeah, even even baseball with Ken Burns, I could see what you're saying, Jared. It's definitely a slow pace like the national pastime used to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. what, there's there's no pitch clock on Ken Burns. No, man. you're getting no, it all. No pitch clock. <laughs> all right. PBS, PBS says whatever you need, Ken, you've got it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and again, I, I on, on the uh, classic pick of the week, I just want to verify or clarify one thing. I'm not trying to talk anybody into what rewatching something. I'll try to point out if you've never seen it, I'll tell you if I think it's good or not. And I think we touched upon it last week, The Natural. I just finished watching it. It's probably the second or third time I've seen it. But it was like, it's it's funny how when you don't see a movie for a long time, you might remember bits and parts, but it's still like watching it brand new. Yeah. And and everything about The Natural was good. The two, two key things I really liked was the story itself, because, you know, it's a classic, uh, you know, classic ending. Let's put it that way. And... Uh, the music, the final music scene where he, the home run gets hit, it, it doesn't get much better than that. But the one one complaint I do have is, and it was even talked about when the movie came out, it was starring Robert Redford as, as a guy, you know, at the twilight of his big league career. He, he had some issues leading up to making his debut. He was out of baseball for 15 years out of high school. Well, Robert Redford, when this movie was made, was 48 years old. And, and they're trying to they're trying to show that well yeah it's, he looked good he looked good don't get me wrong for a 48 year old but trying to sell a you know major league baseball player at 48 was a little yeah. would have taken me right out of it i wouldn't yeah. have been able to get past that uh, yeah. the entire um political <laughs> it, is that the famous what, what what's the famous movie with like the exploding lights that's thing? it that that's is it, it. Yeah. what he hits a home run and it smashes the light yeah kind of <laughs> kind of paint the picture a little bit when he was a little kid uh on the farm his dad was a farmer and lightning struck the old hickory tree and shattered it down the middle well he took a piece of that tree and made a bat out of it it was called <laughs> i forget what it was called wonder boy i think it was wonder. yeah wonder boy and he he took that bat to the major leagues with him man and that's how he became dominant that one that's year. how he mashed a home run that was like seven nine hundred feet <laughs> exactly exactly so that's it's a it. good it's a good movie it um, is you know, maybe a little cheesy in certain parts, but it's still a cool baseball movie. Bull Durham is one that I, I would always recommend. I think Bull Durham is a really yeah. cool baseball movie. Again, I like I like Kevin Costner a lot, so that's big, but that's just a classic old baseball movie to me. I think I think Bull Durham was probably the one that comes closest to really portraying baseball. You know, I mean yeah. they actually looked like they were playing baseball and Costner could throw, you know. So yep. Yeah. And Tim Robbins, you could tell he he could actually throw, so oh, yeah. he, he was good. The thing that always yeah. draw, drove me crazy in baseball movies and sports movies in general, when they have a, a play-by-play guy and he's doing play-by-play <laughs> over the PA system. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on, pretend at least you know what's going on. All they need for that is literally show one shot of the guy like on the radio or say you're on yeah. W and, and everyone would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But they, exactly. ne- they never do that. I know one, one thing they've always pointed out about baseball movies that's kind of funny. And it's kind of like crazy to think they would they would do this. So, you know, when they fill up a baseball stadium with, with a ton of extras, mm-hmm. you know, to shoot the scenes, it's just a bunch of people that showed up as extras. Right. So like, for example, with major league, you know, the movie major league, when they pan up to the stands, you know, at the time it was the Cleveland Indians, no one in the stands is wearing any Indians gear. It's all <laughs> just like regular clothes yeah. or whatever. So it's like, how you, how do you not just print off like 10,000 generic t-shirts to hand right. out to everyone or something like that to make it look a little realistic? Yeah. I, I remember I, you know, as a kid, I loved the movie rookie of the year. And it was the same thing with that. He played for the Cubs, and it was no one in the stands was wearing Cubs stuff, you know. So, just goofy, goofy stuff like that with movies. Now that's a great flick. I'll be the first to say it. That's the yeah. maybe the all time baseball. Uh, my my suggestion of the week. It's kind of it's hilarious that we ended up talking about it. Kevin Costner finally watched it. Field of Dreams. Oh, uh, good flick. Obviously, I see the appeal. Uh, you know didn't totally get the mass like infatuation with the flick i think it's maybe because kevin costner was he was kind of that guy at the time when it when it came out or when you first saw it so people were like i I just love it because kevin costner is kind of the man right now good flick the 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 plot sort of confused me in in some ways i didn't totally understand (laughs) i didn't totally understand what it all had to do with shoeless joke maybe i just was looking at my phone too much I didn't totally understand the whole Shoeless Joe Jackson angle and <laughs> that whole part of it. Um, but in terms of the actual field and how this movie has been remembered and just the current MLB event that's played, uh, you know, every year there, I, I love it. it. You know, it doesn't have to be a perfect flick uh, to be a perfect recommendation. So if you're looking for something to watch on a, on a summer night, take it from me who waited all these years to finally watch it. It's worth a watch. It, it's not perfect, but it's a, it's a good flick. I think that's a 100% baseball nostalgia movie mm-hmm. like i think that's what that whole movie is about you know obviously there's the father-son connection and that's kind of the whole moral the moral of the story maybe right. in the end but it's just nostalgia it's someone who loved baseball so he chopped down his cornfield to put up right. a baseball field and you know well you had to appreciate the twist at the end there with old moonlight graham you know, he made his one appearance, what he batted once or was in the field once. Yeah. And then he came out of the field to save the girl. I mean, that that was kind of cool, I thought. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I don't have any real complaints about the movie. It just I mean, people really, really, really love it. So mm-hmm. I just felt like I was I was kind of going into it with, with like a negative mindset. Like, there's no way it's that good. Right. Uh, but it's just a whole nostalgia thing. And, yeah. you know, I could see like it, it seems like it's perfect for like somebody who is Matt's age where you watch yeah. that when you're a kid and it's new enough where it's not, you know, super dated uh, and you get when baseball is at its peak. So you just really loved it. So Love no, it's a good flick. I I gave it two two point two thumbs up on the okay. On That's the pretty good. All right. Pretty good. Yeah, I saw. I remember seeing that movie when it first came out, and I just saw it by mistake. I had a date, and we went to the theater over in Lansing, and I had no idea what it was. It was a sneak peek, is what they called it. You know, it was before it was released all over the place. It blew my mind away seeing it in the theater for the first time. I mean, I, you know me, I'm Mr. Nostalgic when it comes to baseball anyway. I mean, that was, 
I gave it a 3.0 and I'll probably stick with a 3.0 yeah. now. <laughs> Didn't even pay attention to your date at all. You were just like, shh, shh nope. watch a movie. I'm watching I certainly movie. wasn't on my phone. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Every so often you drop these like a sneak peek. What? Like these things of the, these relics of the past of things that used to happen. And I'm, I'm more blown away by that than anything you said before or after it. What a sneak peek of a movie. What? Yeah. So consider yourself lucky. You saw it before a lot of people ever saw it. That's right. You learned something here today, Jared. All right, let's wrap this one up, guys. Yeah. We got basketball. Well, hold, a lot. Wait, did Matt, did you have, do you have, what's your, do you have a recommendation this week? I threw out Bull Durham. Oh, we're, that's we're, right. Yeah, Bull yeah Durham. we were talking baseball movies and, mm -hmm. you know, Costner and all that. So yeah, Bull that Durham. kind of baseball theme. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had a nice segment on the Tigers and let's hope they can uh, keep it rolling. All right, guys, we did it again. Another three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center and SkyMet Cannabis. SkyMet Cannabis, farm to stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State, over 20 locations, ounces as low as 49 bucks. Check out Michigan's Best Bundles for deals on flower vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. And if you're over 21, go online at skybent.com, sign up for the rewards program, see what's out there as far as specials go. Also, Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center, Swimming lessons are underway. Get in line for upcoming lessons. Flexibility training now available for purchase at the front desk. Obviously, you get to use all the accommodations there, including the SkyTrack, locker rooms, private showers, steam room, sauna, lap pool. Just too much to describe here. And also, again, congratulations to all the nurses out there here on National Nurses Week and National Hospital Week. Salute to everybody. And don't forget that flower sale, May 10th, 10 to 2 o'clock at memorial also thank our local partners az printing solutions open now at 116 west main capital sports Fieldhouse, cr auctions nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill and success group mortgage and servicing make sure you follow us on the socials at three point pod subscribe to our youtube channel and uh, if you have anything you want to pass on you'd like us to uh, to do different or any suggestions just uh, hit us up on the socials, or uh, you can email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. And again, one more time, ALS, we'll have a quick spot coming up here, but uh, let's uh, let's get together. Let's try and get rid of that horrific disease. You know, one final fist pump as we end the podcast. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.